right. What was from the beginning? What we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. And the life was manifested and we have seen and testified and proclaimed to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested to us. What we have seen and heard, we proclaim to you also, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. These things we write so that our joy may be complete. This is the word of the Lord. And before we carefully think about it, let us pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we come before you now. And Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for each and every precious soul that is here today. And we ask, Lord, that they hear from you. Not a word from me, but from you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Before we get started, let me uh, just do a, a little housekeeping here. Um, two weeks ago, we handed out uh, descriptions, uh, a little booklet describing ministries uh, that are available here at New Life. Uh, we ask that if you are interested in, uh, in any of these uh, areas of ministry, we ask that you let... Uh, either myself or uh, Deacon Woods or Sister Shapri, no. Uh, we're going to give it about two more weeks, and then we're going to start uh, the process of, of filling those positions. We're going to be transparent. This is not a, a good old boy, buddy-buddy system that we have going on here. We're going to be transparent about the whole process. We're praying that... Um, Folks are interested, and if they are interested, we're praying that they uh, will um, have the Lord speak to them and lead them, and hopefully, um, you know, we'll have more folks joining us in the work. Amen? In addition to that, I am celebrating. I'm so excited because I got me another one. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I got me a sugar loaf. I got me a sweet pea. And I got me a honeycomb. I'm just a diabetic right now. Yeah. I got so much love. I'm so, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. It is good loving on them. Uh, Jalen is the ultimate uh, girl dad right now, so it's going to be just interesting to see him navigate with those, those girls, but I'm just letting y'all know, I'm giving me a ball play out of one of them. <laughs> right now, it's looking like Cadence, <laughs> so uh, me, and, me, and, me and Roy, we'll work on that. All right. 
First John. I'm not going to try to be before you all long. I just, uh, matter of fact, I'm going to try to just pick parts of uh, my sermon because this, this is kind of like an overall or uh, uh, overview, rather, of First John. First John is a is a is a very interesting book. It'll take you probably about 30, 30 to 40 minutes to read through it. It's a quick, quick read. And I uh, encourage you all to read uh, 1 John uh, throughout uh, this week if you can. Read it a couple of times if it's only a half hour. We spent, spent at least a half hour or so with the Lord this week in reading. Amen. But 1 John is a, is, is a it's a great book, but let me introduce this by saying that a few weeks ago, um, Malachi, he, he came up to me and he approached me and he said something that stuck with me. He said yeah, that he wanted to, uh, he said, you know, I, I think I'm, I want to be baptized now. And I said, okay, okay. And he said, yeah, he said, see, uh, a, a while back ago, you know, when others in my family, you know, were being baptized, you know, I didn't want to do it at that time. He says, because, see, I wanted to know for myself. And I said, oh, okay. And he said, I wanted to know for myself. And he says, now I know. And I want to be baptized. And that's, that, that phrase, that, what he said, that, that, those few words that he said stuck with me. Know for myself. Know for myself. Know for myself. And, and one of the main reasons why John wrote 1 John is so that you could know for yourself. Know for yourself. So, so what is Christianity? What is Christianity? Some, some folks will say, well, I, I'll rely on the gospel for that. Well, uh, weeks ago, I um, had projected up here uh, the gospel. And I said, what was the gospel all about? What was the good news all about? And, and I said, hey, I, I hope that you all memorized that. And maybe some did. And, and I said, the gospel is the good news. This is what it read. The gospel is the good news. The good news about what our triune God has graciously accomplished for his people. The Father's sending the Son, Jesus Christ, God incarnate, to live perfectly, fulfill the law, and die sacrificially, atoning for our sins, satisfying God's wrath against us that we might not face an eternal hell. Thank you, Jesus. And raising Jesus from the dead by the power of of the Holy Spirit. In other words, that's the main point. Christianity is Jesus Christ. Christianity is Jesus Christ. And if you have a messed up view about who Jesus is, then you're going to have a messed up view about who God is, and you're going to have a messed up view about what Christianity is, and you're going to have a messed up view about who belongs in the church and not in the church. And you're going to have a messed up view as to if I'm your brother or not. 
and you're going to have a messed up view about my well-being versus your well-being. It all hinges on Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. And John wrote this book, and they said John was probably, probably about 80 to 90 years old during this time. John, has, he, he saw a lot of life, right? He had seen a lot of life by this time. 80 or 90 years old, he's seen some things, right? And, and he had a reason for writing this book. Each book of the New Testament is polemic, P-O-L-E-M-I-C. That means that it has an argument. It is standing against something. Something was going on during that time. Something was going on during John's time that he had to address. And what was going on during that time was Gnostics. The seed form of Gnosticism was, 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 was coming into being. And, and he had to address this. Why? Because it was altering the view about who Jesus really was. And he wanted to address this. And, 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 and it's interesting because John, the Gospel of John, it was written at the same time as 1 John. Now, what was his reason for writing the Gospel of John? Well, it says in John 20, 31, but these have been written so that you have so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. That was his reason for writing the gospel. But what was his reason for writing 1 John? Well, that's found in 1 John 5 and 13. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. So that you may know that you have eternal life. So, on the one hand, the gospel of John was evangelistic because it was trying to draw folks to believe in Jesus Christ. It was for unbelievers. And if you, if you want to introduce someone to Jesus and what Christianity is all about, it's, it'll be good to tell them, read the Gospel of John. However, 1 John is pastoral in intent, meaning that he had some folks in the church that he wanted to like, get to think right, right? And, 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 and therefore, that book, that letter, was for believers and for people who think they were believers. You hear that second group? Those who think they are believers. So the interesting thing is, is that I don't know if you all know, but believers and unbelievers can go to the same church. Uh, 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 possessors and, and pretenders can go to the same church. I didn't know if you all knew that, but I'm just letting you know, right? And, and that's what 1 John is for. See, 
First John, remember when uh, I believe Elder Julian had stated, and I've stated up here as well, remember we had quoted uh, R.C. Sproul and we said that there are four types of people. I don't know if you all remember that, but we said that the, the first person <laughs> that you can encounter is there are those that think they are not saved, but they are not saved. Right? They know they're not saved, right? Then there are those that think they are not saved, but they really are saved. Right? Then there are those that think <laughs> that they are saved, but they're not saved. Are you confused yet? Good. And then there are those that think they are saved, and they, they are saved, right? In other words, First John, he wrote this for those who may doubt, I wonder if I really am saved. I wonder if I really am saved or not. And he wrote this for you all. So if you want to know if you're really saved, if you really have that right relationship with Jesus Christ, then, then read 1 John. Take 30, 40 minutes and read 1 John. Because, see, the Gospel of John was about signs. This is what MacArthur said. He presented signs, and those signs were pointing those who didn't know Christ to Christ. But 1 John is about tests. You want to know if you really are a Christian? You want to know if you really are saved? And take these tests in First John and see how you, you, you measure up to these tests. So, so, so read First John. And the interesting thing is that, like I said, he was, he, he was, he, meaning John, the author, he was trying to attack this false, false belief that was going on in the church, in the church. It came into the church, but we shouldn't be surprised because he wrote from Ephesians or Ephesus, and Ephesus was the center of intellectual, uh, it was the intellectual center at that time. If you, you know, all brainiacs go to Ephesus during that time, right? And, and, and if you were highly intellectual and, and just intelligent and, you know, you got a brain out of this world, go to Ephesus. And that's where John was writing from. And he was confronted with this type of Gnostic belief. And it came into the church. We should not be surprised that it crept into the church because in the 20th chapter of Acts, Paul said that it would come into the church, right? Because in the 28th verse to the 30th verse, listen to what Paul said. He knew, Paul said, this is going to be the last time I meet with you all here in Ephesus. So let me give y'all something uh, to, to chew on while I'm gone, all right? Uh, be on guard for, our, for yourselves and for all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which we, or he rather, I'm sorry, purchased with his own blood. I know that after my departure, savage wolves, will come in among you, 
not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves, men will arise, speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after them. You hear what Paul said? Not, not only will we have danger from without, the church will have danger from without, but it's going to have danger from within as well. And Paul said, even guard from your own self because you can get twisted. Right? So, so, so don't look at other people in the church. Even guard your own heart so you won't even get twisted. Right? And these Gnostics, they came in, and, and, and Gnostics comes from a word to know. Knowledge. Right? And like I said, during the time that John wrote this letter, the Gnostics did not have their, their religion all written out and refined by this time. It was in seed form during this time, right? It was in seed form during this time. And, and basically what we know of it is that they, they, they really praised knowledge. They really praised knowledge. They just knew that they knew that they knew. They, they praised knowledge, right? And, and what's interesting is when I was reading about the, the whole movement of, of this group, um, see, Christianity started with, with the, the lower class people. And a lot of them became like Christians, like the slaves and things at that time. And then all of a sudden when it got to the high class, oh, the high class, they still wanted to have some distinction between them and the slaves. So they were the group that knew. And they had some exclusive like knowledge that the other ones didn't have, right? And, and, and what they taught is that they, they taught two main things, and, and it was mentioned in Sunday school. One was dualism, right? One was dualism. Dualism basically said, and this is this is attacking, this is attacking Jesus. Because what dualism presents is that everything that is physical, that's physical matter, is evil, right? And, and, and what's not physical, and if it's spiritual, then it's, then it's good. You see how that attacks Jesus? Because if Jesus is physical, he can't be physical. That means that he did not come in bodily form. No, uh-uh. No, he, and matter of fact, that's what they insisted. No, no, he didn't come. He didn't come in, in bodily form. And, and then that led to another type of belief that they, that they rejected. They rejected the humanity of Christ, and it only seemed like Jesus had a body. How does it seem like you have a body? But that's what they believe, that it only seemed like he had a body. Therefore, what happened is, and, and they came up with their system, and they said, this is what happened. See, this, this fellow Jesus was born, right? But then Christ came on Jesus at the baptism. And then right before he was crucified, this Jesus, right before he was crucified, boom, Christ left. So. So see, that physical Jesus, you can't say that Christ was born 
and, and that he suffered, bled, and died. No, uh-uh, because he came at the baptism, and then he left right, right, right before crucifixion. You see how that just attacks Jesus and Christianity altogether. It shatters Christianity. Well, well John heard this, and, and John was, he, he said, what, what foolishness? What foolishness is this? You got to remember, like, John was 80 and uh, 90 years old during this time. And we always say, when, when folks become like that senior citizen, they hit an age where they have no filter. You see, y'all laugh because y'all know. It's like you get to say what you want to say during that time. You just get away with murder. And you see their daughters and sons saying, don't say that. Don't, oh, don't say, don't say she looked like that. Why did you have to tell her that? Right? They're just real. And, and so was John. Look, look how John, uh, look how he talked. Look at 1 John 1 and 6. <laughs> he said, if we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Straight shooter. Look what he says in 1 John 1 and 8. If we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. You see, Ain't no time for, like, you know, you know, let's be nice about it now. See, you know, no, John said, no, you, you lie. Then, then he goes in 1 John, look at 1 John 1 and 10. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him, him, capital H, Jesus, God, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. He doesn't have time for foolishness. He says, no, let's get straight to it. And I, and I love people like that. I love people, like, I, I love people that are not like fake. They're just real. They're they, they raw, so to speak. All my friends, all my friends, other people don't like. Because they're like that. They just tell you how it is. And, and it seems like they just bruise you in love all the time. That's, that's what they do. They beat me up in love constantly. And that's how they do it. And, and, I, and I love that exchange because why? Because you never have to think about what's going on. And John says, I love you all enough where I don't want you having to like wonder what's going on. Here's the real deal. And here's what it's about. Right. Here's what it's about. If you want to know if you're saved, if you're really saved, then then then. Take these tests. Are, are you loving? Are you loving the, the 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 fellowship of the saints? Are you saying that you? Because because that's what the, the the Gnostics were saying is they, they said we don't sin. But I'll get into that later. But they were saying we don't we don't sin. And John said in in the second chapter, First John, he says, uh, eh, "Yeah, no, you sin." Nah, you sin. We, we all sin. But see, the, and he goes on, and his overall point is, it's not about perfection. It's about direction, right? 
It's about direction. See, some people see Christ and they go this way. <laughs> Others see Christ and they say, man, I know I'm messed up, but Lord, I need you. Lord, I know I'm not perfect, but I need you. Lord, I, I know that I've done wrong, but I need you. And they keep going closer and closer to him. So it's not about perfection. It's about di direction. See, see one, one writer says this, is about, this book is about a no-so faith. It's about a no-so faith. It's not about, uh, uh, man, I wonder if I am or not. I wonder if I'm going to make it in or not. I wonder how I'm doing. I, you know, I did say I believe in Jesus, but do I? I don't know. Then John said, don't make it that complicated. Here, read. <laughs> read First John and see if you are. And, and see how you stand up to these tests. Now, I don't want the, the, the church going around with their Bibles and, and it's open to First John, and then all of a sudden they're going up to other members saying, nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, they, they might get in. <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah, I don't want you going around doing that. This is for you. It's for you to go home and open your Bible and, and go, nope. <laughs> or go, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. I, I made it in. I'm making it in. But don't go around with open Bibles and just say, nope. <laughs> don't do that to each other. And, 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 and when you do read this week, I want you to read it and, and, and believe it or not, you can like mark a Bible up. It's okay to mark a Bible up. So I want you to get your Bible and, 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 and just, just, just underline or color the word no. Every time you read the word no. K-N-O-W. Every time you read that word, just color it. So what you'll find out is that you should have about 40 of them. Because he wants you to know. He wants you to know. He don't want you guessing. He wants you to know. He wants you to know. Out of those four groups that we talked about earlier, that I mentioned earlier, the roughest group is those who think they are saved, know they're saved, but they're not. How can you tell somebody that, that, that don't think they stink that they do? That's a hard task. When they know they're the stuff, and you try to tell them you're not, that's a hard task. And you got a whole bunch of people that have, like the Gnostics, they have made up their own view of Jesus, and they're cool with it. And when you tell them, no, nah, that's not quite how it lines up. Read First John. And they still say, no, uh-uh. Because, see, the thing is, is every false system that is lifted up against God, always changes Jesus. Always alters Jesus. And, and, and John said, you're not going to alter my Jesus. No. And, and he says this. He says, 
how are you going to tell me what I experienced, what I know? And you guys are coming around talking about you know. How are you going to tell me? You know, what was from the beginning, what we have heard, right? What we have seen with our eyes, right? What we have looked at, right? Looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. He said, I, I've experienced this. How are you going to tell me what I've experienced? I know he was real. I know Jesus is real. Jesus is real because I was there. I, I've seen him. And it's not saying like a casual look because he uses three words for seeing. One word for seeing is like when you just see something and you think you, I thought, I thought I saw her there. You know, we were at the party. I think I saw her there, but I'm not sure. But I think she was there. Then there's another word for seeing where you say, I'm studying it and, and I'm trying to figure out and, and I'm trying to figure it out. But then there's a third word for seeing where it says, I understand what I'm looking at and I see it and I understand it. I got it. Not only do I have it here, but I have it here as well. And I got it. And that's what John was saying. I got it. How are you going to tell me that Jesus is not who he said he is? See, see what was from the beginning, right from the beginning. Not, not only, not only the, at the beginning of time, but from the beginning of the gospel message as well. What was from the beginning, what we have heard. I'm using all of these things. What, what we have heard, right? I'm using my senses here. What we have heard, what we have, have seen with our eyes. Not just me, our eyes. What, what all of us saw. What we have seen with our eyes and what we've looked at, we looked at meaning that it wasn't like this, but we gazed and looked and, and really saw what was going on and what we looked at and what we touched. How intimate can you be if you're touching? What we've touched with our hands concerning the word of life. And he says, and the life was manifested, meaning revealed revealed to us and we have seen and testify and proclaim to you eternal life the eternal life which by the way that eternal life jesus christ was with the father but then it, he was manifested to us and what we have seen and heard we proclaim to you also so that you too may have Fellowship with us. And this is my last point. You too may have fellowship with us. Why do you think we ask folks to come to the church? Huh? So that we can pad our numbers? So that, so that the elder see right can get richer? Come on, give me money. No. No. Why do we ask folks to come to the church? For fellowship. This thing is about fellowship. And how sad of a church 
How, how, how sad a church would be if it didn't have fellowship in its midst. Where people come in and they just park in a pew and nobody pays attention to them. Nobody wants to do, you know, to, 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 to even like talk to them much. And then they just go on about their way and they live in life. Now, fellowship is not about social events more so than it is about like living life together. It's, a, it's, it's about we got one common thing, and that common thing is Jesus Christ. We're in this thing together. I'm not going to leave you out there on your own because we got Jesus Christ being our bond, right? And the Holy Spirit, it binds us. And I'm not going to leave you out there just on your own. And then all of a sudden I come in here and I come and I, don't, I haven't kept track of you. I don't quite know what's going on with your life or anything else. And then all of a sudden we say, strike it up, uh, uh, Elder Watkins. What? A uh, fellowship. <laughs> and there's no fellowship at all that's going on. No partnering in life. No, no, no walking together. No no, no experiencing life together going on. We're just simply saying, hey, I'm glad, you, glad you're here. Glad to see you. Come back again. See you later. And that's it. But there's no living life together. No living life together. No, fellowship is about getting in there and, 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 and experiencing life. And, and it's being transparent. Because sometimes when 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 Folks are all in your life. They know the good and the bad, right? And, and some of us say, well, I don't, know, I don't know if I want you to know my bad. So what I'm going to do is I'm, I'm going to give you this facade, and it might seem like I am what I am, but I don't want you in the trenches. No, no. No, I don't want you in the trenches. No. This, this minister, he, he said he, he was preaching and he talked about how this one brother in the church, he came and he was a, a, a drug addict for decades. And um, he came and if you saw a picture of this brother in the 70s, he, he looked, he, he, was, he was just gorgeous. Like long flowing blonde hair, teeth all together and body chiseled. But when you looked at what a life of drugs had done to him, decades of drugs had done to him, he, he had no teeth and balding and just, just barely could walk. And he came up to that brother and said, hey, can you help uh, me? They, they developed this, this, this fellowship. And the, and the brother said, can, hey, I want you to come over and can you help me clean my house? And he said, yeah, no problem. And the brother went to his house, and, and when he was going up to his house, all of a sudden he, he had, to pass, had to pass prostitutes and needles and, you know, drug paraphernalia and everything else. And, and he said when he got to the door, all of a sudden, you know, he, uh, the brother opened the door, and he said this smell hit him like, whew. But yet he marched on into the house, and then all of a sudden they tried to, inventory what all needed to be done and and he just saw like black mold and 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 just filth everywhere and i don't even want to describe the bathroom to you he described it 
I don't even want to describe that. And it was just, and it was, and he said it was as if he got liters of Cokes, of, of like Pepsi and Coca-Cola, and just poured it on the floor and just let it dry. Right? It was just a a a filthy situation. And he said he had to go <laughs> into the brother's bedroom and he said, whoa, whoa, whoa. He said, I don't know if you want to go in there because I got bed bugs. Right? And, and, and that was the situation. That was the situation. So he went and he got cleaning supplies and he came back and he said, he was on the floor just, <laughs> just cleaning and he said, what am I doing? What am I doing? Ooh. Yuck. But then he said he thought about that, that 13th chapter of John where Jesus ended up getting a towel and wrapping it around himself and getting some water and he started to wash the disciples rusty crusty nasty stinky feet and he said if jesus can do that for me i can do that for my brother i can do that for my brother and see that's the type of fellowship that i'm talking about i'm talking about the type of fellowship where you don't come into when somebody introduces you to that life you don't say okay i'll be back i gotta go get some cleaning supplies girl you should see his house <laughs> oh nasty as i don't know what but i'm going go back in there i'm gonna help him. i'll call you back <laughs> that's the type of fellowship i'm not talking about i'd rather you not even try I'd rather you not even try. Keep to your own self. But when someone introduces you to that tender part of their life, right, to that mess that is in their life, be a brother. Be a sister. Be a brother. Be a sister. And that's what we're talking about here. And that's a true test. That's one of the tests that John talks about in first john can you love do you love your brother that you do see how can you how can you say you love god that you don't see when you don't love the brother and sister that you do see that that poem that i told you all before to live above with the saints we love oh that would be glory but to live below with the saints we know, now that's a different story. Is that going to be our church's testimony? I pray that it won't. I pray that you will read 1 John because we're going we're gonna to go from 1 John a couple of more weeks. And I pray that this week that you read 1 John and, and you apply those tests to yourself. And I pray that you really be honest about it and look at it and see in the mirror of God's word, not, not Seawright's word, but God's word, that you, that you look at yourself and be honest with yourself and see what you see when you look into that mirror of God's word. And if you see that you're not right, get right. 
get right. And don't waste time doing it. And if you know that today, then I say, choose ye this day who you will serve. Choose ye this day who you will serve. Don't let a moment, another tick, tick, tick pass by. Choose ye this day who you will serve. And as I always state to you all, here's the most important, important question. The important question that has eternal implication. Here it is. This is the question. And you're going to have to answer it. What will you do with Jesus? What will you do with Christ? What will you do with Christ? I pray today that you will serve him. That you will, that you, that you will accept him as your Lord and Savior. Your Savior and your Lord. And if you are wrestling with that question or need guidance with that question, we'll have elders here available in front of the church for you to talk to. Those who are on Zoom, we're praying for you. And if you are at all uh, wrestling with that question, you'll have our information online. Please get in contact with us. Amen. God bless you all.